0: you tuning in tonight Eskimos coaches show with Jason Moss and Morley Scott is in half an hour last one of the season CFL playoffs this weekend we have Winnipeg going to Saskatchewan we have BC going to Hamilton you know what that means we get to do on Friday night Kellen Ooh, great we get cup to predictions. do our guaranteed to be correct CFL playoff predictions for the division semifinals I predict the Sacramento gold miners guaranteed to be con- correct not an actual guarantee Gotcha. Read the small print. It's 7.06, this portion of Inside Sports, presented by Furnace Family. Your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or furnacefamily.com. Daryl from Kingman, Alberta. You know what I like? It seems more and more people are putting their hometowns when they text in. That's I, cool. I, I like that. Now, I, I'm, I'm an Edmontonian. Now Edmonton mm-hmm. is my home. Most of my uh, family and friends are here, but I, like a lot of people, I grew up in a small place. You're a farm boy, Evans. Well, I was not a farm boy. Oh, you're a like, small town boy. I was. Uh, I didn't live in the town, but we uh, we didn't uh, have a farm. Ah, uh, but I'm from a small town kid, Evansburg, Alberta. So I love uh, hearing what uh, towns people are listening in. Daryl from Kingman, Alberta, and I actually don't know where that is. Says, no stadium on the East Coast for football. You'll have to call them the Atlantic Drifters. And Yakishev says, if the Halifax team doesn't have a home stadium, it's quite obvious what they should be named. The Halifax Hobos and the Littlest Hobo can be their mascot. Yakushev, you finally had a good idea. Take the rest of the night off. All right, uh, much more serious note than the Halifax Hobos. Mike Riley is going to become a free agent In February, if he is not re-signed by the Eskimos before then, there are several big-name quarterbacks in the CFL whose contracts expire in February. The timing is odd because the CFL CBA expires in the spring after free agency. And if the salary cap goes up, these star quarterbacks are still going to want to get that same percentage of the salary cap. So, Riley, for example, could go around from, say, half a million dollars a year to six hundred thousand dollars a year if the cap goes up from five point two ish million to six million dollars. So, there's a lot going on here, and you can get this full interview on the Eskimos page on six thirty ched.com. Morley Scott talking to Mike Riley about a variety of topics, including free agency.
2: I think everybody that is potentially going into their free agency on their contract um, has to look at every decision that, that every team makes, and so yes, of course, um, you know you want to know when you're going into a situation, you know what you're dealing with, and you want to know what direction that a club's moving, and those are all things that you evaluate. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I would never feel confident about putting myself in a situation where I didn't know who was leading the team. I didn't know who you were playing for and all those kinds of things. So, um, you know, I'm in a situation, thankfully where I don't, I don't have to make a rushed decision and I can look at all the different factors that are important to me, uh, and what I look for in a franchise and a team and all of that. And of course, Edmonton has lived up to the billing, uh, for all six years that I've been here. And I love Edmonton, um, I tell you guys all the time the pride that I have when I put the jersey on and I love playing in green and gold, um, you know, but in terms of making these types of decisions, there's no reason for any player to rush it. And on top of that, the CBA is going to have a huge effect on a lot of guys that are going into free agency and things like that. But I think when you're in a situation that you're not under contract for next season, you definitely look at all the moves that your team makes. um, And you look at the moves that every team around the league makes because, you know, the time that you have to play this game as a player is fleeting and you want to make sure that the scenarios that you're in fit all the criteria that you, you hold important to you. And so, uh, you know, who your coach is, is, is very high on that list, of course. And I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I want to get the message out there clearly. There is nothing in your mind that prohibits you from coming back to Edmonton next year? No, I mean, I I, I tell you guys all the time, and I've said it a lot this week, you know, everything about Edmonton has been amazing. I've been very blessed to be here. Um, You know, when I first came here in 2013, I didn't really know a lot about the organization, didn't really know what I was getting myself into. and, And it's been, you know, one of the best experiences that I could have hoped for in terms of Pro football because this city really does feel passionately about their team. Um, it's important to them, and that's what you—that's what you want to have as a player. You want to play somewhere where you know people pay attention and people care about what happens out there on the field. Um, you know, and I've—I've I've loved everything that that playing for Edmonton and playing for the Eskimos has offered me over the last six years, and that's not lost on me. Um, you know, but at the same time. You don't come into these scenarios very often in your career uh, where, you know, you have the potential to become a free agent and you can really sit back and look at the landscape of everything and and truly, totally evaluate your own organization and where they fall in line with everybody else and and what direction everybody's moving. Um, And thankfully for me, that doesn't have to be a decision that's made today or tomorrow because I'm the type of guy... uh, with everything in my life that likes to sit down and really get his thoughts out. You know, I write everything down on paper and I I get everything written down so I can go through it and, and figure out where my priorities are and where things fall into that. Um, and that's not a process that can be done in 24 hours, 48 hours. That's a process for me that takes weeks and, and sometimes months. Um, and there's a lot of changes around our league. There's potential changes within our own organization, there's potential changes within other organizations and all of those things and that picture will get clearer and clearer as the weeks and months go ahead. But right now they're and again The league itself, with the CBA and with the other players in this league that uh, have timed their contracts up to end because of the CBA, there's a lot of changes in this league that are going to happen over the next three or four months. And so uh, you got to sit back and evaluate all that stuff. All right, so Riley has a lot to
0: consider. Again, the full interview with Morley on the Eskimos page on 630 com. It's very interesting. As you know, Riley's a a well-spoken guy, very thoughtful guy. Forgive me here. I'm going to speculate. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I think Mike Riley is going to be an Edmonton Eskimo next season. I think he takes a lot of, well, I think we all know he takes a lot of pride in what he does. I think he takes a lot of pride in playing for the Edmonton Eskimos. And if Mike Riley leaves, does that sound like something he would do after the team has a bad year? Where people are going to say, well, they had one bad year, so he took off? Or is Mike Riley the type of guy who wants to be part of the solution and stick with it and figure it out and make it work? I, I think that's who Riley is, ultimately. And that's why, I mean, the Eskimos, they'll, they'll pay him. Uh, I mean, if he, if he wants to be here, they'll pay him. There's no doubt about that. So I'm optimistic that Mike Riley is still your quarterback next, next season. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Check them out online, northchickenyeg.com. Get them in person. Great spot, 124th Street and 107th Avenue. The CFL in Halifax, closer, sort of, to becoming a reality. We'll get those details when we get back.
2: This is Mike Riley from Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet.
0: Well, will someday the Edmonton Eskimos be taking on the Atlantic, whatever they're going to be called? Another step in that process to getting a 10th CFL team, it would be in Halifax. Joining us from Global News in Halifax, Sarah Ritchie. Sarah, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good,
1: thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, it's great to talk to you and thanks for giving us a sense of, of what's happening in Halifax today. I am. I imagine is, was this the top story today? One of the top stories. I mean, this must be a pretty big step for people who have been waiting for. Uh, and I know it's not for sure, but there, it seems to me from everything I hear, there's people who have been waiting a long time to get a CFL team out there.
1: A long time for sure. Yeah, there are a lot of folks you know who who were pretty positive about this in the 80s uh, who are sort of coming out of the woodwork now who seem pretty excited about the whole venture it's definitely a big story it's one we've been following now for almost a year here actually it, it you know it broke just about a year ago that this group was potentially looking at halifax and then you know heading into gray cup festivities randy Ambrosie started saying things like it would complete the league to see a team in halifax so it really i think ramped up people's hopes a year ago Um, At this stage, things are maybe moving a little bit slower than people had expected, maybe a little bit slower than maritime football had expected as well, um, because there's a a pretty major hurdle to all of this. We have a name-the-team contest. We have a season ticket drive, and people are being asked to put down a $50 deposit today on a season ticket, but there's still nowhere to sit if you get that (laughs) ticket. There's no stadium. So that's going to be the big hurdle, and there's no funding plan for that stadium either. Um, but maritime football has been pretty clear. It's got to involve at least two levels of government. So so lots of work still ahead here for sure.
0: In terms of this, this season, take a drive, like you said, $50 to get your name on a list. I believe the commissioner said that he doesn't have a target number. He just wants to see how many people are on board. I know you'll correct me if I'm wrong. I think Halifax is around 300,000 people. I mean, are are we going to get 10, 20,000 that are going to be like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in for pro football. Let's get it going.
1: Honestly, I don't know. Um, I know that, you know, when I talked to Anthony LeBlanc about this, uh, he's one of the co-founders of Maritime Football. He said about a year ago that they thought, you know, they should aim for about 10,000. He said today they're going to aim for about 12,000 season tickets. They want to fill half this stadium with season ticket holders right off the hop. Um, I think this is their way of sort of gauging if they can get enough interest, to be frank. I mean, they've been doing some polling and that kind of thing, but this is where the rubber will really hit the road. You know, you mentioned there's 300,000-odd people in, in Halifax. That's that's definitely one of the factors, but this group has been adamant all the way along they want support from all of the Atlantic region so they're really trying to pull you know New Brunswick and Prince Edward Island and Newfoundland and Labrador and and try to get people traveling for these games because I think that's the way that they see that they're going to be able to get the numbers they need game after game.
0: Sarah Ritchie joining us on Inside Sports from Global Halifax talking about the latest news about a a CFL team going to that uh, that city. About the stadium, you mentioned the funding, and and look, Sarah, I, I mean, we went through a whole rigmarole with Rogers Place here in Edmonton. How, how are they going to pay for it? Where is it going to go? And I mean, it basically. Took a couple of years longer than than it was hoped. The stadium issue to me is such a big one, and and it can get pretty contentious because there's a lot of money involved um, to build these. I mean, is there at least a proposed location? It appears they know how big big they want to be, but what are is are there at least some concrete things about this stadium
1: at this point? Yeah, you know what? In the last couple of weeks, a few things have become more clear. And like I said, this process is about a year old. So I think that there was a perception that maybe things would move quicker than they have in a lot of ways. Um, They've said their preferred location is a a spot called Shannon Park. So this is uh, on the Dartmouth side uh, of the Halifax Harbor. So it's just across the bridge from downtown Halifax, essentially. It was a property that was used by the Department of National Defense for a lot of years. It's been uh, vacant for quite some time now but it's owned by canada lands and so i think what this does for maritime football this leaves them in a situation where to get their preferred stadium to get the funding they've got three levels of government to work with canada lands is a federal organization they own the land there's a, a first nations group that owns part of that land or is trying to own, uh, part of, of, that chunk of land in Shannon Park. Um, there's also the provincial and, and municipal governments, which will have to give permission. And, and it seems some sort of funding to be able to make this work. And it's really unclear how that funding model will work. You know, the city right now has agreed to have staff look into a business case for this. So for the next six months, staff will be looking at how can they make the funding model work? How much money will be required? Um, you know the provincial government at, here in Nova Scotia I'm not sure how much your listeners would know about the situation here in Nova Scotia but um, you know it's there's not a lot of money to go around uh, I don't think in, in for situation for, for I guess ideas like this and I think it'll be a hard sell for the provincial government but they're talking about this won't come out of general revenue this is not something that they're going to dedicate capital funding to so if there's funding from the province. It's going to come from new sources, maybe something like a hotel tax increase or a car rental tax or things that have been thrown about. So we'll have to see. Um, You know, the group, Maritime Football said today that within the next four to five weeks they'll have a more concrete business plan to present to the city. So um, I think that's where, you know, people will really get an idea of just what's required. I remember, by the way, I was in Edmonton around the time when uh, that debate around Rogers Place started happening, and and I remember how content it was, and it's been just as contentious here. There are an awful lot of people saying things like, "We need a new hospital. I don't need a stadium." So we'll have to see what the public support looks like for that.
0: Sarah, can you give me a sense of the sports scene in Halifax? I mean, I know there's junior hockey, and I, and I know university sports uh, uh, in in some areas of the Maritimes. I don't know if all of them has has a pretty big following. I mean, sometimes it's not a slam dunk that a pro team succeeds in a new market because fans already have existing relationships with whatever levels of sport are already there. What's that scene like in Halifax right now?
1: Yeah, you know what, this could be a a tricky one as well. I think there's room for growth in a sports market in Halifax. I just don't know what that's going to look like. You know, in the last year, Halifax has gotten a a pro soccer franchise. We've also gotten a promise of a pro lacrosse franchise. One of the NLL teams is going to be moving here. So it's growing. There is, I think, room for growth within Halifax for that. But at the same time... I'm speaking as a CFL fan here. I grew up in Saskatchewan. And so I I really know the CFL. I really have always followed it. I went looking one year when the Rough Riders were playing in the gray cup, I went looking for a sports bar to watch it at. And the only place I could find it was at one bar in a back room because there was an NFL game on in the front room. Um, so there isn't a lot of energy around the CFL because there just has never been a team here. And I think a lot of people here who are football fans look to the NFL first. So that might be a hurdle for maritime football to sort of get people on board because, as you know, they're, they're pretty different games.
0: Okay, that's interesting. All right, uh, let's have some fun with the last one. The four <laughs> proposed names, and there's going to be a contest here. <laughs> uh atla- and, and you did mention they want to be a regional team so these are all atlantic not halifax right mm-hmm. atlantic admirals convoy storm or schooners which was the proposed team back in the 80s do you have a favorite there what do you think
1: oh i think if i had to pick a favorite of those four it would be the schooners because you know there is a little bit of history there there's a uh, there's some people who are still pretty excited. I know I've seen T-shirts around that say Atlantic Scooter, Schooners undefeated since I think it's 1986. <laughs> so those are pretty that's cute. Great. Um, you know, there's already a little bit of buzz around that name. I think uh, when, they, when they went ahead and bought the rights to that name last year, Maritime Football, signaled to people here that that might be the way they're leaning. So we'll have to see what people say, but that's my pick.
0: All right. Well, this is going to be an interesting story to follow. Sarah, thanks for the update and all the best. Appreciate your time.
1: You're welcome. Thanks so much,
0: Sarah Ritchie from Global News, Halifax, perhaps the future host city for a CFL franchise. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer, Eskimos Coaches Show final one of the season. Jason Moss and Morley Scott after the seven thirty news.